So I want to talk a little bit uh, today with you guys and share some scriptures with you. And today's going to be a little bit engaging. In other words, you might have to speak as well as listen. Is that okay? So listen carefully. In the words of Jacob Zuma, listen properly. The family of God is what we've been looking at, the community of God. And this is the fourth preach since we started looking at the community of God. And uh, I want to start by saying that the family is a picture. It's the, the preeminent picture, we said last time, of how God sees us as his people. But it's not just how we are made up. But it's also how we are to function as a community. So it's not just that there are many of us and we're all to be one. But we're supposed to function like a family functions. And... The challenge, I find, I've heard hundreds, if not thousands, of preachers in my life. And many of them are, you need to do this. You need to reach out to your friends. You need to tell people about Jesus. And, and, and as a um, as, a, as a measure of those kind of messages, the do this, do that messages, I generally find they work, if at all, for a very short period. It's like a diet, you know. You see the fit-looking guy and... Uh, he says, I only eat blueberries. <clears throat> and then I do it, you know, for a week. And then I don't want to see another blueberry. And it's the same thing with the Word of God, actually. It's the same thing with the family of God. How many of you have ever said to your children, uh, don't run in the house? Anyone? I say to my children, don't run in the house. Not because I'm particularly worried about anything in the house. I'm, I know, and it's happened too many times, that when you're running, you can't see whether the sliding door is open or closed. And the number of times we've heard, and then, because they're running in the house. So I'm telling them, don't do this or do this because I love them. But they only get it for a short period and then they need to be reminded. And it's the same with us. As the family of God, we need to be reminded. And I felt as I was preparing this message, which was going to be about how do we function as a family? How do we act as a family? How do we relate with one another? How do we do this thing 
called the Christian family. That if I just start with what we do, it will end up being one or two weeks and then we'll forget. In the kingdom, it's always heart first. Heart first, then hands. We always need to first understand, then we will feel, and then we will be able to sustain our doing. We have to first see the treasure before we want it, and then we will go and sell everything we have to get it. Well, we said that before. So, what is the heart? Well, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God with all that we are and love one another as we would love ourselves. He said that's the greatest command. Love. And love is what I'm talking about today. Love is the heart thing that will overflow or into or produce a myriad of actions. Love is the thing that if we grasp with the heart results in working and giving and sacrificing hands. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 ends with, and now I will show you a more excellent way. And then in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 it continues. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. In other words, if I speak like Mervis. But I have not love. I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a prophetic. If I have prophetic powers. And understand all mysteries and all knowledge like Dan and if I have all faith so as to move mountains yo, like Hugo but I have no love I am nothing if I give away all I have and if I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Isn't that crazy? We can do it all and gain nothing. We can practice it all with no reward. If there isn't Love. If love is not the motive, if love is not the essence, if love is not the, the source, then we gain nothing. So the question is, 
how do we get love? Because if we have love, we will do it all and give it all and gain all. So, we're going to look at the book of 1 John. And we're going to read a lot of 1 John. But we're going to start near the end and work to the beginning. You're like, that isn't not how we normally do it. Oh, we're going to be a little bit Chinese today. <laughs> 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> From verse 7 to 13. Now, I'm going to ask you to, uh, and, and the, the, it's going to come up over there. Look. Ta-da. Bless you. So, are we ready? I want to ask you please to engage with this. I, I started reading this and I ended up spending about three hours looking at it. You will not believe how amazing the Word of God is. It's so beautiful. It's so deep. It's like diving into one of these clear pools of water and you realize it goes down for two kilometers. Are you ready to dive in with me? Okay, here we go. Beloved. (laughs) That's how it starts. What does beloved mean? You are his? Yes, yes. There's a. Those that I love. The loved ones. Ones that the Father loves. Ones that the writer loves. He says, Beloved. Isn't that a beautiful way to start talking about love? John is writing this and he says, Beloved. That's how he. I mean. Could you start any better? He could have said uh, saints or brothers or family. Or, but he says, beloved. You can see that John was very much like Mervis. <laughs> beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. Where is love from? God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. What? What? Somebody who loves, what do they do? They? Or who are they? Someone who loves. They're born of God and they know God. If you love truly, you are born of God. And you know him. Wow, okay. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Okay, hold on. Now it's getting serious. This isn't just about how we need to act as family. This is, if we know him, 
we will. If we don't, we won't know him. We don't know him. We're not his. And you're going to see this line is going to be drawn quite a bit. There's a very, very serious undertone that's going to come through here. I'm going to move on. Because God is love. <clears throat> God is love. Sure. And then it continues. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So in this, the love of God was shown to us, was made evident to us. In what? That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So God showed his love to us by doing this. He sent Jesus into the world. Why? That we might live through him. Hmm. We know that. God shows his love to us in Jesus. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the payment for our sins, to be the price paid for our sins. So love is like this. It's not we loved him, so he loved us. No, it was we were dead in our sins. We didn't want him. We didn't deserve him. We, we, would, we were turned away from him. We were going the opposite direction. And he still loved us. Love started where? With God. Because he is love. Therefore it starts with him. And then it continues. Beloved. Again, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Why? Why should we love one another? Alan? Why should we love one another? Because he loved us. If God loved you, you love others. Not if you feel like it today, you love others, but if God loved you. And did he? And does he? He does. Then it says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Hmm. How do we abide in God? Love one another. Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you want. How do we abide in Jesus? Uh, that's a question. <laughs> a 
love one another. If you want to remain in God, love your brother. If you want to remain in God, love your wife. Love your children. And God will pitch up and live with you. Isn't that crazy? There's something in this that depends on this. If you want more of this, do this. Isn't that crazy? How we treat one another matters to God. I'm going to read it again. You're not convinced. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. What that's saying is, if we don't love one another, God doesn't abide in us and His love is not perfected in us. Yeah. This love thing is quite serious, eh, Joe? And then it says, by this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. Who wants more of the Holy Spirit? How do you get Him? Seek Him, pray. Yes, but no. How do you get more of the Holy Spirit? How do you get more of God abiding with you? Love one another. So, I told you the story of one of the guys who phoned me and said, you know, I've got this debt and uh, I'm being chased by this person for this debt. Did, did you hear that story? And I felt like, yeah, I want to protect this guy, you know. And, and I'm going to get involved. And I said, give me this person's telephone number. And I, and I go to phone the person. And as I'm about to phone them and tell them, don't mess with my... God speaks to me. And says, I want you to go meet with this person. Do you remember that? And as I'm sitting with that person in their office, the Holy Spirit comes and tells me, I want you to pay this amount. Exactly. It was an amount dot 40 cents. It was exact number. I'm like, wow. And then this person shows me, this is my account that's overdue that I'm being, and it's all God after that. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. The, why? Because it starts with loving my brother who phoned me. And as I love him, God pours out his spirit on me. As we love each other, as we serve each other, as we give to one another, as we pour our lives out for each other, the Father says, oh, I like that. And my love will be perfected here. And we know that because He gives us of His Spirit. Where there's more love, there's more God. And then we continue. So, 
we have come to know and to believe the love God has for us. Do you see that there's a distinction? Uh, who here knows that God loves them? And who believes it? But you know what? As we love one another, we will see the evidence of God's love and His presence more and more. And in loving one another, we will experience the love. And God will give us, wow, you love this person so much. You, you will not experience that Uh, I don't know what the word is. It's like a quality or a volume or a amount or a... There will be a difference in your understanding and belief of the love of God depending on how much you love. As you love more, you will experience more. And you will understand better. And you will believe in a greater degree the love that God has for you. Does that make sense? God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. God is love. As we remain in love, we remain in God. And God remains and abides and dwells in us. We love because He first loved us. And then it continues. It says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, can I summarize all of that for you? Because that was quite intense, right? I told you it was about two kilometers deep. Can I summarize it? Here we go. This is my attempt. God is love. Love is from God. God loves us. He shows us his love by sending Jesus to die for us. If God loved us like this, we also ought to love one another like that. We ought to lay down our lives for each other. We love because he first loved us. And if we do love, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And God gives us his spirit. And we know that he loves us. And we understand that he loves us. And we believe that he loves us. And whoever remains in that love, 
God remains in him. We cannot love God and stop there. Whoever loves God must love his brothers too. Okay, so, good. That, that was nice and deep. But we haven't even scratched the surface yet. Are you ready to scratch a bit deeper? Okay, watch this. This is now 1 John chapter 3. I told you we're going backwards. And here we go. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Okay, now hold on a second now. Now, now it's not just about having more of God. It's not just about having more of the Spirit. It's not just about perfecting love. It's about who are the children of God. Those who don't practice righteousness and those who don't love their brother are not children of God. Yo, okay, whoa. Now we're talking about, let me use different language. If you don't love, you're not God's children. If you don't love each other, you're not saved. If you don't love your brother, you're not a Christian. Oh my goodness. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death, remains dead. Okay, now we're getting heavy. What? If I'm living my life like I was for many years as a bent Chinese man. Do you remember that little guy? With a bent over. That was me. I don't know if I was saved. I came to church every Sunday. But my life was all about me. It was about what I can gain and what I can get and how I can keep it and how I can be happy with my life. That was me. Me. Up until last year. My life was about me. I loved me. I had a wife and children. And I was nice to them. But the way I treated them was all about, am I comfortable? I'm going to serve you enough that you're happy, but... I'm being honest. I don't know if I belong to God at that point. Oh, I could do this. I could, I could, I had the tongues of angels. I was, I gave money to the church. But I didn't love 
from the heart? How do we know if we are His? If we love. What kind of love? The, the sure, I feel like I love Mishu. I feel it. You know, when, when I'm around her, I feel this love, this warmth. No, not that kind of love. Look what it says. By this we know love. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. That's the kind of love that shows you if you're his. Okay, so I'm going to just pause there. Actually, I'm going to finish that little passage. Because it, it makes it worse. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? If I have... And my brother doesn't. And I close my heart. Do you see where it's going again? This love thing. It doesn't say, and he closes his wallet towards him. Or if he closes his uh, pantry towards him. Or if he closes his... He says, if he closes his heart towards him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. I know, I know I'm not enjoying it either. This is way too heavy for 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, guys. And here's, here's even more. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before Him. In other words, if you want to know whether you know the truth, if you want to know that you're his, if you want to reassure your heart. I was listening to Uncle Will this week. And he was talking about the fact that he um, had an operation. And he was lying there and, 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 and he died essentially twice during the operation. His heart flatlined. And they had to bring him back. Right? I heard from Russell Fraser, who had COVID, and he went into the COVID ward, and the matron there said to him, welcome, you know, you're either going to go home and be with your family again, or you're going to go home and be with Jesus from here. And he was lying there, and he was like, and he couldn't, he didn't have the strength to even phone his wife, 
and say, I love you. He, he was just lying there like, <gasps> right? And, and, and he said, am I ready, God? Am I ready? Am I ready? I don't know. Am I ready? And he, and he felt, I'm ready. I'm ready to come to you. And I want to ask you today, are you ready? By this you can assure your heart before him. By this. By what? Have I loved my brothers? Yo. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. How do we get confidence before God? My life is a life poured out in love for others. Then I have confidence. I read a book by John Piper once. Uh, something about retirement. Um, I don't remember the name now. But he, he, he told this story about this couple. And they had worked hard their whole lives and they had brought up their children. And, and, and now they had reached that age when you retire and, and they bought a little house, a little cottage by the sea. And every morning they would wake up, have a nice cup of coffee, and they would walk down to the beach and they would collect shells together. And he was saying, retirement is a myth. Retirement is a lie. It's a, it's a, a lie from the devil. Because one day you're going to stand before God. And what are you going to say to him that you did with these last years of your life? Are you going to say, Lord, look at my shell collection. He says, if you have loved others with everything you have, then your heart will have confidence before God. Who wants to have confidence before God? And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. So, the greatest commandment, love God and love one another. Here John reminds us, that we believe in the name of his son whom he gave us and that we love one another that's the greatest command you know Jesus himself said the same thing I'm not going to read it for you because we don't have time it's in John chapter 15 take this week and read John chapter 15 like we just read 1 John and and Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
Jesus' command to us, family, is that we lay down our lives for each other. That means we open our homes to each other. It means we give to one another. It means we sacrifice what we would have had for just ourselves to share with one another. It means we go, the, if somebody asks you, will you please take me to J-Bay, you take them to Port Elizabeth. The extra mile. Okay. Have we got it? I've got a whole second part now, which is, how should we love one another? We know the what, we know the reason, we know, but the question is how? Do you know that there's a, a one Greek word called alilon? which is translated one another in the New Testament. And it's, 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 it's used a hundred times in 94 New Testament verses. One another. And there are really four categories of one another's. 30% of them are focused on unity. In the family. So in my example, George, Layla, stop fighting with one another. William, be kind to your brother. Leave your sister's cat. But the Bible says be at peace with one another. Don't grumble among one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Accept one another. Wait for one another. Don't bite, devour, and consume one another. Don't boastfully challenge or envy one another. Be gentle with one another. Patiently tolerate one another. Be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving to one another. Bear with and forgive one another. Don't complain against one another. Confess your sins to one another. That's the first third. 30%. The second 30% deals with love. And it says love one another. Through love serve one another. It says tolerate one another in love. Why? Because we need to be tolerated. I need to be tolerated the way I am. Greet one another. Be devoted to one another in love. That's the, the second 30%. The third is 15%. And that's given to being humble towards one another. Having the right posture towards one another. It says give preference to one another in honor. 
Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Serve one another. Wash one another's feet. Don't be haughty towards one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Be subject to one another. Clothe yourselves in humility towards one another. Unity, 30%. Love, 15%. uh, uh, 30%. 15% is humility. And the last 15% is other one another things. Like, don't judge one another. Don't put a stumbling block in one another's way. Greet one another. Husbands and wives, don't deprive one another of physical intimacy. Hallelujah. Bear one another's burdens. Speak the truth to one another. Don't lie to one another. Comfort one another. Encourage and build up one another. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Pray for one another. Be hospitable to one another. Okay, have you got it? That was the whole second half of my preach. In two minutes. That was awesome, eh? So... I'm going to play like I'm dad. Dear beloved children, as I go away for the next few weeks, please love one another extravagantly, actively, Think about how you can show love to each other. Be creative. Do it your way. If you're Gavin, you might give Lucas a wave instead of taking it. No, not that you, he does. I'm, I'm. But Mervis couldn't do that for me because he doesn't surf. I, uh, are we getting this? It's going to look different. Make food for one another. Open your home to one another. Lend one another a car. It looks different. And and it's all about what the Lord has put in you that you can give. The Bible says we all are like different parts of the body. We must all play our unique part. And why? Because if we love, we know we belong to Him. We know we are His. If we love, God Himself will abide in us and with us. And He will pour out His Spirit among us. And by this love, the world will know that we are His. And, finally, don't reserve your love just for the brothers. In the book of Acts chapter 8, it says that the church was persecuted and they were scattered. And it says all who were scattered, all the saints, preached the good news of Christ to all that they met. Can we do that? Can we love 
those who don't know him enough to tell them about Jesus. Do it over a meal in your home. You don't have to go and give tracts on the beach. Just welcome, love people. And they'll be like, why? What's this love? Why are you so nice? Because of Jesus. And he loves you. Amen.